Well, glory. Good evening, everybody. How are y'all tonight? Thank you for being back in the house of the Lord. Who left the refrigerator door open is what I want to know. Man, it was warm this time yesterday, and all of a sudden it's blowing in out of the north and, and chilly and, and cold and yuck, yuck. You know, Pastor likes the snow, but we're past that time. I'm, I'm ready to start going fishing and stuff, and so it needs to warm on up and, and get to be pretty weather. How many of you are ready to go after the Lord tonight? Amen. He's good. He's worthy. Why don't you get on your feet? We're going to pray. Welcome the Lord into the house. It's His house. He's already here, right? Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. God, we walked in tonight with a, an excitement and energy and anticipation. Uh, Lord, we have great hopes of what you're going to do in this room together tonight. Lord, we need you. We love you. We desire you. God, come and have your way. Meet with your people. And God, be glorified and praised. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's worship together. That Jesus Christ is Lord forever And hand my knee will bow And my tongue confess That Jesus Christ is Lord
Father, that we can come into your house and praise your name, God, in freedom. Thank you, Jesus, for your blessings, God. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for your healing power in this place, God. We thank you that in the name of Jesus, giants are defeated, God. Whatever the form they may come against us, God, in your name, in your name, Father, they're defeated, God. We stand on that promise in Jesus' name. Go ahead, Dennis. strong in battle our God can never fail through him all chains are broken in him the sick are healed and in the name of Jesus giants are defeated every single mountain to move you're faithful to your promise finish what you started there is none of powerful as you Jesus Jesus we see the power of him
Let's bless his name all around this room together tonight. Lift your voice. Lift your heart. Begin to honor him. Come on, just continue to praise him. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is our God. 
You rule and you reign, Lord. You are the God who is high and lifted up and worthy, worthy, worthy. Worthy to be exalted, worthy to be praised, worthy to be magnified. Worthy is the Lamb. Precious God. Holy King. Mighty Redeemer. King of glory. We bless you tonight, O Lord. And we praise your glorious name. How precious our God is, church. How worthy our God is, church. Come on and give him your best hand clap of praise in this room. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Turn and greet someone. Love on them. Let them know you're glad to see them. Thank you. Thank y'all for being here tonight. Man, we love you. We appreciate you so much. I pray you've had a good day. Pray the Lord's been with you. And all the dryness became saturated. Amen. God's so faithful. He is so good. I appreciate you being back. I'm ready to get directly into this word tonight. And so if you would uh, join me right there where you're seated. Uh, I've got... Man, the Lord is the Lord of distractions and diversions, and sometimes He rearranges stuff. And so as I go through this Word tonight, it may not be exactly the way that I thought it was going to go, but we're going to go the way the Lord wants to go. And so stick with me if you would, please, and, and uh, let's, just see what, let's just see what God does, okay? I want to worship Him, though, before we do anything else, so right there where you're at, join me, please, and let's give Him praise. Father, we love you. God, we thank you. God, we exalt you in this room together tonight. You're the king of glory. And God, we, we just ask you to, to come and rattle us tonight. God, come and shake this place. God, come and have your way and be exalted, be praised, be glorified. God, I thank you. I praise your mighty, mighty name. Praise your mighty name. Let's give him a hand clap of praise together one more time, if you wouldn't mind, please. I'm thankful tonight for the, for the power of Pentecost. I'm thankful tonight to be a Pentecostal pastor of a Pentecostal church. I, I don't believe that, uh, that there's any other standard. I don't believe that there's any other uh, watermark. I don't believe there's any other uh, thing that we're shooting for other than to be a Pentecostal people. That was the standard of the early church, am I right? That was the initiation, that was the beginning, that was the jumping off place of the early church. They were a Pentecostal people. The early church was birthed by fire. And I'm a strong believer that the church is going out like the church came in. Birthed in fire. We're, we're going to go out with a, a, a great roar, not a whimper. Come on, we're, we're going to go out by the, the, the fire-filled, power-filled, anointed church that God has called us to be. Not a wimpy-dimpy, just barely skimping by kind of a church. I believe a Pentecostal church is the, the, the relevant church for today. I know we, we've turned our society into a, a what feels good kind of a church. Yeah. Are you here? Yeah. Come on, I'm going to preach whether you people amen me or not, so you just might as well go ahead and participate in the service. Yeah. We, we've turned church in today uh, into what is pleasing to the eye and what is pleasing to the people, what is, what is pleasing to, to our flesh. We, we've turned church into a performance instead of a participation kind of a thing. 
We need to be participators, not speculators. Church ought to be something we're involved with. It ought to be something that we, that we don't sit back in awe and go, oh my gosh, look at the, the lights, the sound, look at the, the performance happening on the, the stage. Let, let me tell you one of the things that irks your pastor the most in our society today is to call this a stage. A stage is where you do a performance. A stage is where you put on a play. A stage is where you, where you put on a show for somebody. This is not a stage. That's a platform. A platform is a place of presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. A platform is a place where you stand upon the truth of the word of God. A platform is a place where, where you're not trying to stand on your head and stack little green apples. But a platform is a place where you're, you're free to flow in the anointed power of the Holy Spirit of God. I submit tonight, church, we need more of the, the Holy Spirit today than we ever have needed before. I believe we all need the Holy Ghost at work in our lives. We need more of the anointed power of the Holy Spirit being poured out in our midst than, than we've ever needed Him before. If we're a last day's church, then we have to believe that scripture we read this morning that says it shall come to pass in the last days, says God. That I'll pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Lord, these are the last days. Pour out your Spirit on all flesh. We need the Holy Spirit to be the witness that He's called us to be. We need the Holy Spirit to live life uh, in, in a power and an authority that He's called us to live it in. We need the Holy Spirit not just on a Sunday morning to shandy the wallpaper down off the walls, but we need the Holy Spirit to be the husband that He's called us to be, to be the wife that He's called us to be. We need the Holy Spirit to be the employee that He's called us to be or the boss that He's called us to be. We need the Holy Spirit in every area of our lives. The fact is we're in more need of the power than we've ever needed before. And the fact is it doesn't matter if you're 6 or you're 686. The, the truth of the matter is we all need the power of the Holy Spirit in operation in our lives. You can't find that in some man. You can't find that in some performance. You can't find that in some presentation. You can't find that in, in the latest technology. You only find that through the power and the presence of Almighty God Himself. And so we don't seek after uh, the, the things of the world. We don't seek after the things that are necessarily pleasing to our flesh or, or to our eye or to our senses. We seek after Almighty God. Amen. And if we'll make Him the passion, if we'll make Him the desire of our heart, then I can promise you this tonight, all of this stuff that we seek for will be added. If we'll make Him first. He's good. The Holy Spirit of Almighty God is good. Uh, in, in fact, if you're a little bit okified, you might even say that the power in the person of the Holy Spirit is gooder. He's gooder than anything else I've ever had in my life, right? I, I don't know about you people, but, but in my lifetime, I've tried a few things that I thought was pretty good. And when I found something that was pretty good, uh, if I enjoyed doing something, if there was something that I, that I really liked in my life, then I wanted to go back and do it again and again and again and again. Anybody ever been to a water park? Once upon a time, I liked him a little bit better than I do right now. I, I don't like anything that does this number. Anything that drops, man, you can count me out. I can spin with you all day long on any ride you want to ride that spins. Uh, Vonda will be irking. Uh, I mean, we, we kind of always swapped out when the girls were little. I'd ride the spinny ride, she'd ride the droppy rides. 
Uh, I'd never, never have liked droppy rides in my whole entire life. I don't ever plan on going down. I plan on going up. And so anything where it feels like my feet are falling out from underneath me, even some back roads. Anybody ever been on one of them hills when you're driving in a car and, and you can't see the bottom of the other side and you go over the top? <gasps> and it just sucks the life out of you, right? You're just you're gasping for air. I don't want anything that drops. But when I find a, a ride or a water slide or a, a anything like that that I really enjoy, I want to go back and I want to do it again. I can't tell you how many times we've been at a water park, especially when the girls were little, and uh, we'd find one of those rides that they really, really, really liked, and uh, we'd, we'd go down that slide and hit that water, and, and they'd hop up, and they'd, they'd run back to get in line again. And then they'd go down that slide, and they'd hop, hit that water and hop up and run back to go get back in line again, and we'd make that same ride over and over and over. And you think, man, this is really getting old. But you know what, to that kid, it was as new, it was as fresh, just like it was the first time they'd ever ridden it. We're a last day's people. We're a last day's church. And I submit to you, I, I look around the room tonight and I know we're all spirit-filled people. I, I know we're all Holy Ghost people. But, but here's what I want to submit to you tonight as your pastor and as your friend. The Holy Spirit's good. The Holy Spirit's something we need in operation today more than we've ever needed in operation before. The, the Holy Spirit is something that, that every one of us, no matter our age or our demographic or, or who we are or where we're from, we all are in need of the Holy Spirit. The world needs the Holy Spirit more today than ever. The people of Ukraine need the Holy Spirit. The people of Russia need the Holy Spirit in operation. We've experienced this. We've been through this. We've had revival times. We've had great and mighty moves of God. Uh, we've had times when the Holy Spirit has, has flowed like, like liquid, uh, literal liquid in our altars and up and down our aisles. We've had times and seasons where the Holy Spirit has moved in such a mighty and a dynamic way uh, that it was tangible. The, the very glory of God would come and, and fill this tabernacle, come and fill this place. And I submit to you tonight as your pastor, he's so good... We need to get back in line. He's so good, we might as well do it again. And so that's the direction the Holy Spirit's brought me tonight. I want to talk to you about doing it again. Poke your neighbor and tell him, hey, let's do this again. You got your Bibles, I want to talk to you just for a little bit from the book of Acts. Huh. Here they are. They were on top of my head the entire time. You ever do that? And it's, woo, I don't want to do that again. Acts chapter 4. Begin reading in verse 23. Yes, this is a familiar passage of Scripture. I probably preached it to you 20 times. But it's important. Acts chapter 4 verse 23 says, And being let go, they went their own, with their own companions, and, and all the chief priests and the elders said to them, So when they raised their voices to God with one accord. They said, Lord, you're God. You made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that's in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and the people plot in vain things? The king of the earth 
stood their stand, and the rulers who gathered together against the Lord and against His Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, and with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered to, to do whatever your hand purposed and determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants with all boldness that they might speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and signs and wonders that they may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And verse 31 says, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with, with boldness. Father, thank you for your word tonight. God, thank you just for the blessed opportunity to, to minister and to present your word. God, I, I pray that our hearts and our minds are stirred. God, your, your, your church is at a, at a very important point. God, we're, we're at a critical stage. We're, we're, we're in a, a transition time, Lord. And, and I believe the, the cry of the church is not to fall into to ritual rut and routine, Lord. The, the cry of the Holy Spirit is not just to, to, to continue with just with going through the motions. But God, your heart cry for us tonight is to, to get back online, to, to get back on board, to, to do it all over again, to let that process flow over and over and over again in our lives. Lord, have your way in this meeting, and Lord, please leave nothing out. God, please leave nothing undone. Lord, I give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Would you join me one more time and give me the Lord a hand clap of praise together? I love the book of Acts. If you haven't figured that out about your pastor yet, I love to, to read from the book of Acts. I love to study the book of Acts. I, I, I believe, as I've told you on countless occasions, we're a continuation of that early day church. We're a continuation of the, the book of Acts church. I don't ever find a stopping place. I don't ever find an ending point. I don't ever find a place where, where the Lord said all of the things that were happening in the early church are over with. Uh, we're we're going to transition now to something different. Uh, but I genuinely believe that all of the signs and the miracles and the wonders and yes, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that happened there in the book of Acts should still be continuing. They should still be going on in the church of right now. Now, I know that that's a, a very bold statement to make because there, there's a lot of people in the, the world today that would say, you know what, that day and that time and that, that hour is over with. That's old-fashioned. We, we need to move that stuff to a different part. Uh, if things like that are going to be going on, it distracts from the, from the performance that's going on in the sanctuary. Listen again, it ain't about a performance. It's about getting out of the stinking way and letting the Holy Ghost do what He wants to do. We read here... In the book of Acts, the fourth chapter, what we see is a people in a place that were shaken. Oh, that God would come and shake this place tonight. Oh, that God would shake us off our indifference. Oh, that God would shake us off of our complacency. Oh, that God would shake us out of our dry season. Oh, that God would shake us in this place tonight to a place of exuberance, to a place of excitement, to a place of interaction, that God would shake us and wake us up. Sometimes I think it's going to take God grabbing us by our throat and wake up! And my girls were little, especially the, the eldest one. She didn't like to get out of the bed in the morning. I threatened that little dude and say, listen, the next time Daddy comes in here, I'm bringing a glass of cold water. If you ain't out of the bed, you're going to be laying in a wet bed. I'll pour this cup of cold water over your head and get you out of this sack, girl. It's time to get up and go to school. 
Five more minutes, Daddy. Five more minutes. You know, I think sometimes that's what the Holy Spirit would say to his bride. It's time to wake up. It's time to get up. It's time to go to work. It's time to have some action. It's time to do some stuff. And the church says, five more minutes, Lord. If you were to go back and look at chapter 3 of the book of Acts, what you'll find is that by the name of the Holy Spirit, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and by the name of Jesus, Peter had healed a crippled man by the gate. Beautiful. We know that story well. It gave Peter this great opportunity to stand up and boldly proclaim the name of Jesus Christ, to begin to, to preach the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. How many understand that when miracle signs and wonders begin to flow, when the Holy Spirit's moving and great things are happening, it opens up the door for the preaching of the truth about Jesus it's not simply to fill up pews, but when the Holy Spirit moves, it's to present an opportunity of ministry about Jesus Christ. To always point people back to Jesus, to never point people towards a person or a building. Then at the beginning of chapter 4, the word says that the, the priests, the captain of the temple, the Sadducees, they were, they were hacked off. The Bible says they were greatly upset. Peter and John were teaching people about Jesus and in the name of Jesus. And they, they brought them before the Sanhedrin. And they said there in verse 13 uh, that they took note that these men had been with Jesus and that they'd done great miracles that they couldn't deny. And then Peter and John were ultimately released. But they told them, don't talk about Jesus no more. We'll let you go, but don't go preach about him anymore. You just keep it quiet. You snuff it out. You put it under a hat and hide it on a shelf. Don't you talk about Jesus anymore more and I love their response they said we can't help but talk about the things which we've seen and the things which we've heard man that the child of God would get back to the place where they'd rise up and say listen I can't help but tell you about the great things that happened in the church house I can't help but tell you about how he saved me. I can't help but tell you about how he healed me. I can't help but tell you about how, how he filled me with his spirit. And it wasn't the preacher. It wasn't the choir. It was Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost that came down and did this in my life. Now here in verse 23, upon their release, they go back to the people. They go back to the church and Bubba, they had church. The Holy Spirit began to move. The Word of God says the place where they were at was shaken. The thing I always point to as I read this story, the thing that always comes to my mind as I read this Word, is that many of these people that were there when that shaking process took place were many of the same people that were there on the day of Pentecost. They're some of the same people who were, uh, when the Holy Spirit spilled out into the street, they may have been some of those same ones in the street, and they may have been some of the same ones that were in that, in that upper room. But the process that was happening now was a process that had happened before, and they cried out and said, Oh, Lord! <laughs> Do it again. Can I tell you tonight that the shaking of Pentecost needs to be more than a one-time experience? The shaking of Pentecost needs to be something more than something we look back on and say, oh, I remember when. The shaking of Pentecost needs to be more than, than something that happens every great so often. But the shaking of Pentecost, I believe, should happen continually. 
I've shared with you before, I, I had this youth pastor once upon a time, and we, we got to talking about how things were going in youth. We'd meet together on Monday mornings, much as Chasen and I do, and, and we'd talk about the week and the things we had planned and upcoming events and, and stuff we needed to take care of, stuff we needed to do, and uh, this is going on and that's going on. And, and eventually I'd get to that question and say, how are things going in youth? The kids getting in, are they, are they entering into service? Are they, how are things going? This particular conversation happened after they got back from camp. All those kids come back from camp, and every year I'd give those children the same opportunity I give our kids to stand up and, and talk about what happened at camp. And man, they'd come back just fired up and ready to set the world on fire. Something had happened, though. They'd linger on, and they'd linger on, and they'd linger on, and they'd, they'd get to going through the process, and they'd, they'd just start showing up for the, for the hot dogs and the lasagna. Our kids are sick of lasagna. Those of you that have been cooking, they've had it three weeks in a row. Get them something different next week. You love your pastor, don't you? I think they'd like some steak, some baked potatoes. I finally heard a amen out of that kid. I love it. How are things going in youth? Well, you know, pastor, we can't have a camp experience all the time. We what? We, we, you, you can't expect it to be a camp experience week after week, service after service. And why not? <laughs> why, why can't we expect a, a camp experience? Why can't we expect a move of God? I mean, is, is he only at Turner Falls? Is he only at Sparks? At that time it was Turner Falls, but is he only at Sparks? Or is the same God who's at Camp Sparks, is the same God that's the, the God at Long Grove Assembly of God? Is he the same God that's there on Wednesday night with the youth, or is he not? Is he the same God that's here tonight, or is he not? I'll never understand or comprehend people will say, well, well, it just can't be like that all the time. Why can't it? I know that there's times when God moves in as a thunderous, loud voice, and then there's times when God moves in as a still, small voice, but you know what's the same on both of those occasions? God moves. God moves through our willingness. God moves through our availability. God moves through our openness. God moves when we'll say, Lord God, let's do it again. We need God to move in our hearts and our lives again. We need God to move in our services. I've been grieved. I've been grieved for weeks over our Wednesday night attendance. Pastor, why? <laughs> I love you and I thank you and I appreciate you being here. Those of you that show up on Wednesday nights. But you know what? There's more than 20 of us that can gather on a Wednesday night. Amen. What's it going to take for us to have our attendance to be multiplied? Well, maybe if we'd do this program, or maybe if we'd do that, or, or maybe if we'd do something else. Well, how about we try this one on for size? How about we make ourselves open and available for a move of the Holy Ghost and see if people won't say, I want some of that. People are drawn to the lights, the glitz, and the glamour only for a season. Because here's the truth. The lights and the glitz and the glamour will leave them wanting. The lights and the glitz and the glamour will leave them seeking for something else that only a genuine move of God can accomplish in their lives. Father, help us. 
I believe the early church cried out. They, yes, they were there on the day of Pentecost. Yes, they had experienced the shaking of the Holy Spirit before. But they recognized it was not a one-time thing. They wanted God to come and do it again. I've got to tell you, as your pastor, I've got to have it. I've got to have a move of the Holy Spirit of God. I need Him in my life. I need Him in our services. I need Him to show up and show off. I want to stay out of His way. I want to let Him do His thing. I want His voice and not our voice. So how do we go about doing it again? We learn from the early church. They united together in prayer. They got together and they prayed. Look at verse 24 through 30. Verse 24, and the word of the Lord says this. So they, when they had heard all that they had to say, they raised their voices to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that's under it. When they heard the threats of the Sanhedrin, when they heard what had been told to them by the ones who had been arrested. When they heard what had been said, the Bible says they came together and they united their voices and they prayed. I got a bucket full of notes that I'm not even probably going to get to any of them. Do you understand that every great move of God that's ever been recorded in the Word of God was birthed by unity and prayer? It's got to come through a united front of prayer from God's people. There's got to be unity of direction, yes and amen, but there's got to be unity of prayer as well. How bad do you want it? I'm going to preach that word to you one of these days when the Holy Spirit will let me. How bad do you want it? There was a man who worked a long time just so he could have a wife that had been promised to him. He wanted that woman to be his wife so bad, he was willing to work to get her to be his wife. How bad do you want to move of God? How bad do you want Pentecost? How bad do you want the Holy Spirit to stir in our services? How bad do you want these pews to be filled up? How bad do you want souls to be saved? How bad do you want to see bodies healed? How bad do you want it, friend? Bad enough to pray? Bad enough to unite in prayer? Bad enough to become the army of prayer warriors? Do you know that on a weekly basis... Your pastor is the one who creates the bulletin. Your pastor is the one who creates the prayer list. And on a weekly basis, I make exactly 31 bulletins. Do you know the bulletins are handed out so you'll know the events that are going on in the church so you can stay informed and you can stay connected and you can participate in the things that are happening around our church and, and you can be a part of and you don't have to look back and say, well, nobody told me nothing about it. The bulletins are created so that you can be informed and you can know what's going on. I make exactly 31 of those. Prayer lists, I make exactly 11 of those. Why would you make 31, prayer li- or 31 bulletins and 11 prayer lists? Because I put out 30, I keep one bulletin for myself, and I put out 10 prayer lists. Do you know that when I picked up prayer lists this Saturday, when I was putting the new prayer list out and I was taking the old prayer list up and throwing it away, there were exactly seven prayer lists that were still left out of the ten that I put out there? How are we going to unite together and pray? 
And out of the 30 bulletins that I'd put out, do you know that there were still 15 bulletins that were out there? You know, I'm at the point where I go, dude, save a tree. Boy, it got quiet in here, didn't it? Save a tree. <laughs> I told Brother Ron this morning, he said, how you doing, Pastor? I said, Brother Ron, I've been pretty frustrated. I've been pretty discouraged for a couple of weeks. This is part of it, Brother Ron. I want to see our Wednesday nights flourish and grow and do great things. I want to see our church flourish and grow and do great things. But there's times where it feels like you're beating your head against a stinking wall. And the harder you try, the more you're spinning your wheels. So what's it going to take? Let me ask you a question. If, if your baby was in the hospital, if, if your husband had dementia and was about to pass away, let me ask you a question. If, if, if your daughter was in a, a psych ward someplace, if your, if your child was struggling to recover from drug addiction, wouldn't you want folks to pray with you? Wouldn't you want people to unite together in prayer with you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. No. If it's too raw and it's too bare for you tonight, but I, I've got to get this out of me because God's been tearing me up with it. Yeah. And the best thing for me to do is, is to, to tell you my heart. And to, I've always been completely transparent with you as your pastor, and I promise you I'm always going to be completely transparent with you as your pastor. How bad do we want it? Do we want a move of God? Or do we just want to go through the motions? I can't go through the motions. I, I can't just, just go through status quo. Oh, there's repetitive things we have to do. I have to make a prayer list every week. I have to do a bulletin every week. I want to study every week. I want to be prepared every week. I want to feed myself every week through the Word of God. I, I want to spend time with prayer in God. Those are repetitive things that have to go on. But if we don't unite together in prayer, how are we ever going to do it again? <laughs> Jesus said if two or three of us are gathered together yes. concerning anything yes. it can happen <sighs> the answer is found at the point of our knees how are we going to grow a church it's found at the point of our knees Amen. how are we going to fill the pews it's, it's found at the point of our knees Amen. I'm willing to try anything and if somebody's got some great idea that, that you think is going to make a difference, please, friend, feel more than free to come and talk to me. But until you've spent some time praying about it, the only thing you're doing is spinning more tires. How do we do it again? Man, we got to get together and pray. Another way we do it again is we need to get filled up. Look at verse 31. Boy, y'all are quiet. Glory to God. Come on, Holy Ghost. The Bible says when they had prayed, when they united together in prayer, then the place where they assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the Word of God with boldness. How I many would understand there's a lot of difference between being full and being empty? There's a lot of difference between being full and being three quarters, or seven eighths or nine sixteenths. 
We were traveling one year on vacation. My son-in-law had gone with us before. He was actually my son-in-law. I think they were engaged, but, but they weren't genuinely married at that time. And, and he was driving his own vehicle, and we, we were kind of uh, carpooling down to, to Alabama, and, and we were talking on the telephone back and forth. We, we needed a, a gasoline stop, a, a, a pit, pit stop, a bathroom break, a snack break. And, and we, we thought, well, it'd be a great time to go ahead and gas up. You know, we got still a little bit of direction to go. And, and I knew I had about three quarters of a tank, but I didn't know how much Hunter had. And so I said, Vonda, ask them how much gas they got. And, and Hunter's response was, I think I got about a, 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 a seven sixteenths. I didn't know that was a measurement on your gas gauge. I have seven sixteenths of a tank of gas. And she married him anyway. Yes, she did, honey. Yes, she did. Because he's so much like her daddy. <laughs> Poor goofy thing. You know, sometimes we limp through our lives on seven sixteenths of a tank of the Holy Ghost. Are you hearing me? Sometimes we limp through life on, on half empty instead of half full. And the key to all that is, what are you full of and what are you empty of? See, we fill up on the world. We get full of the world. And friend, whatever you're full of is going to show up on the outside. Good question to ask yourself every day is, what am I full of? Because everybody's full of something. The Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. In Luke 24, 49, Jesus said, I'm going to send the promise of my Father upon you. Tarry in Jerusalem until you're endued or filled with power from upon high. When Peter stepped up on that great day of Pentecost, he stood out and said, Men and brethren, these men are not drunk as you suppose, for it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. He was full of something. The Holy Spirit had been poured out and it spilled out into the street. Peter was full of the Holy Ghost and fire. But now, Peter's among them who are filled up again. It's not a one-time event that we're filled. It's not a one-time thing. Listen, I've, show, I've told you before, we need to be like a sponge where we're filled up and then wrung out and filled up and wrung out and filled up and wrung out. But we got to be full before we can be wrung. I want you to understand if you've ever been full but you're sitting on a half tank or seven sixteenths, if you've ever been full of the Holy Spirit, but now you're full of something else. A critical spirit. A contrite spirit. A judgmental spirit. A fault-finding spirit. If you're full of something else other than the Spirit of God, it's time to get full of the Spirit of God again. I want to be... <laughs> what was the little plaque that Margie bought me? Margie bought me this little, this little thing that sits behind my desk. It says, I want to be so full of the Holy Spirit of God that if a mosquito bites me, it flies away singing, there is power in the blood. We ought to be so full of the Holy Spirit of God that when you walk in school, people know the difference. 
When you walk in work, people know the difference. When you go to the doctor's office, people know the difference. When, when you are around your friends and your family members, they say, Woo, man, something going on in here. There's a fungus among us. Something different. Because see, the world is full of the world. How are we ever going to do it again? We've got to get filled up. <laughs> We've got to get prayed up. And then once we're prayed up, and then once we're filled up, then we're qualified to begin to speak up. One more way we do it again is to begin to speak with boldness. Look again at verse 31. Verse 31 says, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they spoke the word of God with boldness. There's a need for boldness in these last days. There's a need of boldness in these last days. Young and old and in between. The Word of God teaches us that after they had prayed and the place was shaken, after they were filled up, then they began to speak up with boldness. There's a lot of people in our society today that want to speak with boldness. Most of the time their boldness is backed up by ignorance. People want to speak with boldness, but they've not been shaken and they've not been filled with the Holy Spirit, and it shows... They speak from their resources. What's the scripture your pastor tells you all the time? Jesus said, from a man's heart, his mouth speaks. Whatever's on the inside of us shows up on the outside of us. Whatever we're full of is going to come out. I listen to some politicians and they, they speak with great authority and great boldness of, of their love and their desire for the American people. But their ignorance is overwhelming and you see the truth behind what's inside of them. And they're not there to help us. They're there to, to help their own pocketbook. A lot of folks want to speak with boldness, but they've not had that shaking or that filling. I mean, know, when they spoke with boldness, it wasn't the first time they spoke with boldness here in the chapter 4 book of Acts. They spoke with boldness before. Again, Peter stood up on that day of Pentecost. He wasn't some wimpy-dimpy little backwoods nothing. He was a person who stepped to the forefront and said, Listen, let me tell you what you've done to Jesus. You crucified Him. You killed Him. He came to bring life, but you've destroyed Him. He didn't care whose toes He stepped on. <laughs> I know I'm a hard preacher sometimes. I know I'm hard to listen to. I know I'm hard to put up with. I get it. But you know we should idolize men like Peter. As preachers, we ought to idolize men like Peter. We ought to idolize men like John the Baptist. When the Pharisees and the Sadducees came out to see what was going on there in the wilderness when he was baptizing people, he didn't say, hey, um, you guys sure look nice today. Why don't you put some money in the offering plate? He said, you brood of vipers, you bunch of snakes, you hypocrites, you heathens. Don't you even know? That's idols. Boldness. 
Boldness shouldn't just be for the preacher or the, the, the Sunday school teacher or, or, or the staff members. It shouldn't just be for the deacons. It shouldn't just be for the preacher's wife. Listen, that old lady speaks with boldness. Sorry, I didn't mean old lady. That, that middle-aged <laughs> young lady. Yep, I know what you are too, honey. I know. That little scripture right there. That little word right there says we'll receive power. Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon us to be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Notice that scripture doesn't say you'll receive power to, to jump a little higher, to shout a little louder, to run the aisles a little longer. It doesn't say that you'll receive that power so that, so that, so that you can be uh, the, the talk of the town or the, the, the one to receive the most pats on the back. It doesn't say that we'll receive power so that everybody will say, mmm, what a humdinger and all that in a bag of chips. It says we'll receive power so we can be a witness. How are we witnesses? we got to open our mouths and let our witness flow out. Yeah. Oh, I believe in letting our light shine before all men that they may see our good works and glorify God. Yes, I do. I believe we need to live a life of just and right uprightness in, a, in, in front of people so that, so that they'll say, man, that man is a man of God or that woman is a woman of God. We'll see their life and we'll see the light that shines through them. But friend, there comes a time and a place where you got to stand up for what you believe in. You've got to stand up and say, thus says the Lord. Church in general, the big umbrella church. Preachers have gotten to be so ear-tickling. We've gotten to be so people-pleasing. We're afraid we're going to run folk off. If I preach too hard, if I, if I talk about homosexuality being a sin or, or I, I preach about uh, things in the Bible, what the Word calls sin being sin, if I talk about those things, then somebody's going to get offended and they're going to run away and I'm not going to get their ties and the church is going to wither up and die. Lord, help us. <laughs> what happened? What happened to Peter? What happened to John the Baptist? Well, they eventually got in trouble, right? One of, one of them got beheaded. The other was crucified. Wasn't Peter crucified? Upside down. And backwards. Oh, it's teasing. I'm just teasing. <laughs> Checking your theology, folks. <laughs> Speaking boldly is not going to be popular. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Being prayed up, being filled up, and speaking up is not going to be uh, what, what gets you to, to be the class president. Being prayed up, being filled up, and speaking up is not going to get people to come sit with you at the lunch line. Or win the popularity contest at work. Or... But who cares? Really? Who 
cares. Do you know we've got, I look around and there's several of our youth that are scattered around the room and we got the best looking kids in town. That Hannah Hawker Smith, she's one good looking girl. I mean for a girl, she's cute, you know. Now she's hiding behind her daddy's back. We've got the best looking, smartest, most precious kids in our community. What do they have to be ashamed of? And what should they... They ought to be the standard bearers. Y'all like it when I preach about them kids. Y'all ain't bad looking yourselves. Y'all's pretty smart too, you know. You put up with me, you can't be all that smart, but I mean, you're smart. No, really. The Bible says that you're a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. So what do we care if somebody thinks what we have to say is politically correct or not? What do we care if, if somebody thinks, wow, that's, that's a little bold. You, you really crossed a line there. Blah, blah, blah. Go suck eggs. I, I'm sorry, guys, if I'm... Again, I apologize if I'm too much for you tonight. But here's the deal. We're either going to be a church that serves God and believes God and pursues God and says, Lord God, we need it again and again and again and again and again. Or we're going to be a church that just says, hey, that's Sunday night. Yeah, let's see. Julie's got three or four songs she's going to do. And then maybe there will be a message in tongues, interpretation. And then, uh, oh, you know, pastor or somebody. Somebody's going to preach a word. And, and then we're going to spend time in the altars. And then we're going to go home. And then Wednesday night we'll come and we'll do a couple of songs. And there will be a word or a sermon that's preached. And uh, maybe we do a Bible study or, or, or we, we venture off and do small groups or And we get into this rut and we get into this ritual and we get into this routine. I got to tell you, the Holy Ghost can show up on a Sunday night just like He can show up on a Sunday morning. The Holy Ghost can show up on a Wednesday night just like He can show up on a Sunday morning. The Holy Ghost can show up on a Monday afternoon when you're in your workplace or in the classroom. The Holy Ghost can show up anywhere He wants to. But it's going to take the church wanting it. That scripture I told you this morning in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19 says, Don't quench. Don't block off. Don't damn up. How many times do you suppose the Holy Spirit is grieved within a church? When He wants to move and He wants to speak and He wants to flow and He wants to do, but the people... Mm-mm. No, no, I got a pizza called in and I got to go pick it up here directly. This was really supposed to be a happy run the aisle. Lord, do it again. 
but we can't have the Lord do it again if we're not willing. We can't have the Lord do it again if we're not part of it. Guys, we're running out of time. I, I can't be any more clear or plain or simple. We're running out of time. We don't have time for playing church. We don't have time for going through the motions. We don't have time for, for politics. We don't have time for religion. We need a true encounter. I see churches all over, all over creation that says worship experience. That's great. We need to have a worship experience. We had the greatest worship pastor that you could ever hope to ask for. We need an experience of worship. But friend, we need a Jesus encounter. We need a Holy Spirit encounter. It's going to take us praying together. Lord, prick our hearts and give us a passion of prayer. God, put a, put a drive, put a direction of prayer inside of us one more time that, that we might unite together and, and see the bars shut. That we might unite together and see healing manifested. That we might unite together and see this dispensary across the highway close completely down. Lord, stir our hearts. Make us thirsty, ravenous to be filled again. Lord, let us pray together. Let us be filled. And then, Lord, let us speak with boldness. No hindrances, no obstacles, no, no detours, Lord. But, but God, may exactly what you put in our heart and spirit flow out of our mouth. Julie and Dennis, you got something good on your lap. I hate to bug you, but would you come? Would you guys stand with me tonight, please, all over this room? I appreciate you. I thank you for letting me be raw and bare and honest. I, I feel like I'm running out of time to talk to you. I really, really feel like I'm running out of time to talk to you. What if? What if this was the last church service we got to have? You know them people in Ukraine? They had that last church service yes, they did. in their church. Yes, they did. Some of them had church today underground somewhere yes. in a subway or hidden yes. because soldiers were coming to kill them. What if? What if this was the last time we gathered? What if this was the last time that, that we had church? What if? If you stepped off in, into eternity like Brother Armin, what if your pastor stepped off into eternity like Brother Armin? What if this was our last church service? Right. Why take it for granted? Right. And here's the truth of all of that. Jesus said our life is a mist and a vapor. We're here today, we're gone tomorrow. And the truth of the matter is, no day is guaranteed. But beyond that, we have the hope and the promise of a sounding trumpet and gravity losing hold. What if? What if this was the last church service we had before the rapture of the church? What's wrong with saying, Lord, do it again? What's wrong with being raw and bare and open and transparent? What's wrong? 
but speaking the truth in love. If you're in this room tonight and you need Jesus, save your soul. Heads are not bowed, eyes are not closed. People are looking around. It's not a day to be shrunken. It's not a day to hold back. But if you need Christ, it's a day to accept Him as Savior. If you're here tonight and you'd say, Pastor, I need Jesus. Come on, don't be afraid or ashamed. Lift your hand. I want to pray with you wherever you're at. Pastor, that's me. I need Christ. Well, that's a tradition breaker, wasn't it? Remember when? I like to think about them remember whens. You remember when we set that tent over in the parking lot? Anybody remember when we put that tent over there? Lynn, you remember that. Brother Rick, you remember. We set a, a, a platform up. We brought in an old-timey piano. <laughs> and Mary Tynes beat the keys off that thing. Bang, 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 bang. Our youth group said, we want to know what it means to have an old-time camp meeting. We want to know what it is to have a tent revival. We went a week. Different preachers, different speakers. What a move, God. People didn't care that it was concrete or asphalt. When the Holy Spirit came, they hit the ground. Remember when? I know I just spoke about it a week or so ago, but you remember when? Sarah Lee got so full of the Holy Ghost, she couldn't stop talking in tongues all the way home. And her little kid wanted to know what's wrong with Mama. Remember when? Remember when countless youth would come, we'd pray over them, and they'd receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I remember praying with Madison Anderson, and the Holy Spirit just pouring over her, just filling her. Remember when? Remember when that, that service when we did the Holy Ghost car wash? You remember that? Come on. Holy Ghost car wash. I talked about there's a time when we need a refill. And we had part of the staff stand on that side and part of the staff stand on this side. We anointed our hands with oil and people passed in between of us and we laid hands upon them and the Holy Ghost moved, man. Holy Ghost car wash. Remember when? Pastor, all this stuff is gimmicky. It's cliche. All of this stuff happened before. <laughs> Why can't it happen again? Why can't it happen again? I don't want us to die on the vine. I don't want to die on the vine. Lord, do it again. My altar call for this body tonight is simply this. If you want God to do it again, it's time to get involved. If you want God to do it again, it's, it's time to fulfill your role.
Because if nobody's told you lately, we all have a part to play. Why don't you take some time tonight? Hear God's voice. Listen to Him for a little while. Let Him do it again. God bless you as you pray.
Feel me up now. 
worship like I do. I, we're not robots. I don't want us to all be the same. But I, I just want passion and desire and thirst, hunger, gifts. And the only thing that the Lord kept telling me tonight, I got lots of things written down, but I won't share them all with you. <laughs> pastors said it for the whole seven years we've been here. If you're not hungry, if you're not feeling anything, if you're not doing anything to want that passion or want that fire or want that hunger, if you want something different, you got to do something different. Yes, amen. Preach it, sister. If you want more passion, then you got to ask him for it. Yes. If you want more fire in your worship, then you're going to have to ask him for it. Yes. But you've got to put in the word, too. Yeah. You've got to read the word. You've got to yes. praise him yes. with excitement, not just out of ritual. Right. Let it burn inside of you. Yes. If you want yes. more fire, if you want... <laughs> Bless her, Lord. Bless her, Lord. Bless her, Lord. If you want to do it again... Then you gotta do it again. Yes. You gotta do your part. Yes. I don't need calisthenics. I don't need you up here running and jumping. But don't you think God deserves our passion? Yes. Don't you think God deserves more than what we give Him sometimes? Yes. You want something different? You gotta do something different. And that's your prayer time. That's your Bible reading. That's your devotion to Yes. Not His. Right. That's yours. Yes. God give it to us. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead, yes. Hmm. If you want something different, do something different. Precious Father, birth in us a burden. Birth in us a passion. Birth within us a vision. Birth within us more. A hunger, a desire, a want. Lord, May it not be satisfied by the world nor the things of the world. But God, may this burden, this passion, this hunger, this thirst, this want be only fulfilled by You. God, the heart cry of this pastor tonight is do it again. Let's do it again. God, may it be birthed within us tonight. May it catch hold. May it roll like a fire. Go with us, Lord, please. Remind us of this night. Remind us, God, of your Holy Spirit. Remind us of how good you are. And birth that passion to do it again. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. God bless you.